Let us pray. Father, we want to thank you for sending your son to die for our sins. We also want to thank you for the resurrected king through whose resurrection that we have life. Father, have your way, Lord, and let's experience the resurrection power this morning as we study your word. Bring life to every dead thing in our lives. Bring life to our marriages, bring life to our businesses, bring life to our bodies, Lord. Thank you, Spirit of God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Give him all the praise, every one of you, and take your seat. Welcome to the Resurrection Sunday morning service. In the last few weeks, I have been dealing with the subject, the theology of Easter. We started by looking at, we held a three-day event on discipleship. The last Sunday, we looked at the title, The Lamp of God. So we conclude the theology of Easter this morning with the subject, the cross, the crucifixion, the blood, and the resurrection. So you know that every topic here, the cross, I can use two or three Sundays to teach it. The crucifixion, two or three Sundays to teach it. The blood, two or three Sundays to teach it. The resurrection, two or three Sundays to teach it. In the next few minutes, what I would have at least taken 8 to 12 Sundays to teach. What it means is that my sermon is likely to be very long. But today is Resurrection Sunday. So it is alright to spend long time in the Lord's presence. After that, after the sermon, there are two baby dedications. And then Mr. and Mrs. Chris here will also be renewing their vows. They are are 10 years, 10 years in marriage and they will be renewing your vows. Okay, so let's start our journey. How many of you are ready to learn this morning? We're going to learn the cross, the crucifixion, the blood, and the resurrection. Our introductory scriptures. John chapter 11 verse 25. John 11 verse 25. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live, and even though they die, whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Jesus said, He is the resurrection. He is the resurrection. The resurrection is not an event that happened to Jesus. Jesus happened to the resurrection. Because he is the resurrection. He is the resurrection. When you hear the word resurrection, you are talking about Jesus. He has the power. Now look at this scripture. Look at John 10, 17 and 18. He says, The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, 
But I lay it down on my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my father. They did not kill Jesus. Jesus laid down his life. He had authority not to lay down his life. But he used that same authority to lay down his life. Because he saw you. He saw that if he does not lay down his life, you will go to hell. Satan would take advantage of you and use you. I mean, if Christ had not laid down his life, by now I would have been a drug addict somewhere in Adaraka. Injecting cocaine into my body. But he laid down his life. Can you imagine somebody who has the power not to die decided to die? Oh, he said, I'm the resurrection and the life. Nobody can take life from Jesus because he is life. And nobody could have decided that Jesus was not going to rise because he is the resurrection. That was why, even though his tomb was sealed, but he still came back to life. What they did not know, you see, they, they said that, oh, this deceiver said on the third day he will rise again. Let's go and block the tomb so that he cannot rise. What they did not know was that they were dealing with the resurrection. What they were trying to prevent was standing before them. And if Christ lives in you, you don't die. Christians don't die. We sleep, waiting to be awoken when the trumpet sounds. We don't die. We have passed from death to life. Your life is a mystery. Your life is a great mystery. The resurrection and the life lives in the inside of you. You can determine when to die. When death comes to you, you must look at the face of death and tell death, the resurrected king lives in me. He is my life. You can't take me away until the resurrected king decides to call me home. I declare here, you are not leaving this earth until your assignment is accomplished. I think some people here want to leave. Let me talk to these people here. I said you are not leaving this earth until your assignment is accomplished. Can I talk those here? I said you are not leaving this earth until your assignment is accomplished. Can I talk those here? You are not leaving here until your assignment is accomplished. Death should not be a threat to you. The man you serve, the man you worship said, I have the authority to lay down my life and to pick it again. They did not kill him. Don't give the Roman soldiers credit. They did not kill him. He chose to lay down his life. He chose to lay down his life. And they tried to stop him from resurrecting. The devil knew that if Christ came back to life, you will be born again. The devil wanted to prevent him. But Jesus said to him, resurrection is not a word, it's a person. His name is Jesus. 
Are you here with me? I see something resurrecting in your life today. I said, I prophesy, I see something coming back to life today. In your life, in your marriage, in your family. Whatever was dead before you came to this service. The king of kings and the resurrected king. The resurrected king says to you, he is the resurrection. And something is rising right now in your life. If you believe, let me hear your loudest amen. Something is coming back to life in your life right now. If I'm talking to you, let me hear your loudest amen. One of the key things, you will, key words you will find in, in your faith as a Christian are words like the cross, the, the crucifixion, the resurrection, the blood of Jesus. Today, I want to take a few minutes of your time to show you the benefits you get from the blood, the cross, the crucifixion, and the resurrection. I believe that no Christian should be a failure. I believe that no Christian should suffer shame. If the Lord is trying your faith, it's a different thing. But you have the power and ability to live a victorious life. Am I speaking to you? And today when you live here, today is the beginning of some great victories in your life. If you leave this service and you go home, you are beginning a victorious life. In the name of Jesus. So let's look at the benefits of the cross and the crucifixion. Number one, he bore our sins on the cross. First Peter chapter 2 verse 1. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross. So that we might not, so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds, we have been healed. So when he was on the cross, he carried every sin that you have committed. Your fornications, your adultery, your gossips, everything. He carried it from you and put it on himself. And died on the cross. So that you can live a righteous life. Your righteous life was enabled at the time Jesus died on the cross you are not now going to look for let, let me say okay let me say you know when you are looking at like you are using a, a digital device and it is disabled if your phone is disabled you cannot use it before jesus died whatever would help us to become righteous was disabled but immediately he died he took your sins to the cross and he died Whatever can make you live a righteous life was enabled. So the seed of sin was taken from you. And the seed of righteousness was planted in you. If you live in sin now, it's a choice. If you walk in sin, it's a choice. Because supernaturally, you have been enabled to live a righteous life. That is why another name for the Christian is the, is the righteous. You are called the righteous. Are you here? You are called the righteous. So the righteousness of God lives in the inside of you. Today, I break the hold of every sin in your life. You rise up from today and walk in the victory that righteousness brings. 
in the name of Jesus. You will be the righteousness of God in your family. You will be the righteousness of God amongst your friends. They will look at your life and they will see the light of God in your life. The darkness in your father's house will never overshadow you again. Because your righteousness will shine even in the midst of darkness. Your righteousness will shine even in the midst of darkness. In the name of Jesus. I declare that you are standing out. I declare, I speak to you, you are standing out. Because your righteousness will come to you like the sun. It shall rise like the sun. And everyone will see you from everywhere. You are the next great star that is appearing in your family. In the name of Jesus. Look at somebody, give the person a high five and say, I am righteousness enabled. Now let me tell you this. Christianity is not you living. Christianity is Christ living in you. Are you here? It's Christ living in you. That is what we call Christianity. And that is what I believe that whatever Christ can do, you can do. Until you lay down your life, death cannot catch you. You have that power. Are you here? You remember when Paul wrote to some church and told the church that I wanted to die, but I, heaven would gain if I die, but the earth will lose. So I'm hanging around for some time. Paul decided when to die. May you come to that level of revelation in Jesus' name. Now look at two. He defeated satanic forces on our behalf. Look at this, Colossians 2.15. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. By the cross. So on the cross, he was waging a battle. And he triumphed over every witch, every wizard, every altar, every curse that was existing in your family. Are you here? He defeated satanic forces on your behalf. When I was coming to Spinter's Road, the Lord told me, no man will be able to stand up against you. Since I caught that revelation, I have never lost a battle. You can't lose. Because on the cross, your victory was established. Now let me tell you something about victory. Eh? You see, he defeated sat satanic forces. Now look at this. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made the public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. By the cross. Now, recently, Ghana had a victory over Nigeria. You remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, now, now when we were going and we were looking for victory, Nigeria was looking for triumph. You see, triumph is undisputed victory. If Nigeria scored us five nil, that would be triumph. That would have been triumph. Because five nil, even if they are giving us additional 90 minutes, we may not have been able to overturn. We had victory. Probably if they have extended the time 10 more minutes, they may have scored. Oh, I saw Chelsea leading by three goals. At around 70 something minutes. 
And my son and I was rejoicing. I said, Anna, there are more minutes. There are more minutes. So, so, so Real Madrid did not actually triumph over Chelsea. They just won. Well, when we lost 3-1 in Stamford Bridge, people were thinking we'll get 3-0. They would have triumphed. See, triumph is undisputed victory. Victory that nobody can dispute. Recently, my team in Kotoko beat Akahasu for by penalty. There's a dispute over the penalty. But if we have scored three or four nails, so I've called the players, I've told them that next time you meet us, just triumph, don't win. Eh? We should triumph. We have scored them four nails before. We should do it again. We should triumph. Are you here? When, when you are going around town, winning, winning, people will dispute that you are not a champion. If you, flow, if you are in a boxing, you floor someone by the first round, they know you have triumphed. If the boxing goes the 12th round and then you are separated by points, you only won. Triumph is an undisputed victory. Jesus did not win over the witches and wizards. He triumphed over them. That's why the Bible says that clap your hands, all you people. Shout unto God with the voice of triumph. With the voice of triumph. With the voice of triumph. So today I decree and declare you are moving into the zone of triumph. You are going to have a triumphant life. You are going to have a triumphant marriage. You are going to have a triumphant business. You are going to have a triumphant family. I declare this upon you in the name of Jesus. Our Christian life is not a life of struggles. The purpose of struggle is for you to exercise your victory. It's just like a champion going to fight a contender in boxing. The champion is not in the ring to win. He is in the ring to enforce his victory. That he is a champion. It's only the contender that comes in to win. You, you don't wait battles because you are looking for victory. You wait battles because you already triumphed. You are keeping your triumphant state. Today I want you to leave here with this at the back of your mind. That you are a triumphant Christian. And every battle that comes your way, you are going to win. Are you here? And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made public spectacle of them. Do you know powers and authorities? They are at the highest level of demonic operations. He triumphed over them and left the witches and wizards for you to sweep away. Are you here? It's just like using a raid. Um, that's what they call heavy mosquito spray. If we, there's a lot of mosquitoes in the room and you use heavy mosquito spray and you spray it, by the next day you see they are there. And then what do you do? You sweep them away. Jesus is your heavy mosquito spray. He's there with them. All you need is to use prayer as a broom to sweep them away out of your life. I declare upon you, you will never lose any battle again. You are from today going to enforce your triumphant position in the name of Jesus. Number three, the crucifixion freed you from sins. Romans 6 verse 6. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away. 
that we should no longer be slaves to sin. Our old self, the old Akusia, the old Yao, the old Kwame, the old Akusia was crucified with him. Do you know that when Jesus was on the cross, you were inside him when they were crucifying him. You were crucified with him so that we would do away with the body of sin so that we do not become slaves to sin. If you are struggling to be, overcome a certain sin in your life, it's because you do not understand the authority you have over sin. You can break the, the addiction to pornography. You can break the addiction to sex. You can break the addiction to drugs. You can break the addiction to night clubbing. You can break them. You can break away from that lady who has come between you and your wife. You can break away from that man who is flirting with you and sleeping with you at the expense of your future. And you think you cannot break away. Listen, you have power over sin. You are no longer a slave to sin. Any sin operating in your life, you allowed it. Don't let the devil lie to you and say that that is your weakness. Even God understands that is your weakness. Come on. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. You can overcome. You can overcome that sin. You can win over that sin because you are no longer a slave to sin. Are you here? So when you go back home after this service, look at yourself in the mirror and tell that sin, you this sin, I declare to you, I am an overcomer. From today, I have overcome you because my old self has been crucified with Christ. This is the new me. It is the new me. It is the new me. <laughs> are you here with me? You are powerful. You are strong. Stronger than that sin. Stronger than that thing that is intimidating you. You are too powerful. You are too powerful. You are too powerful. One day, a man went to a pastor. He said, Pastor, I've been trying to stop drinking but pastor i'm unable to do stop the pastor let me show you something so he says early morning tomorrow i'll come to your house so early morning whilst he was sleeping the pastor went to the house woke him up and the pastor said call your trousers to come for the man stood the man said trousers come let me wear you trousers come let me wear you the trousers did not come so the pastor said take your trousers and wear to their trousers and wore it. Now call your shirt. Shirt, come, let me wear you. Shirt, come, let me wear you. The shirt did not come. The pastor said, take your shirt and wear. He took the shirt and wore it. And wore it. The pastor said, now tell your legs to move out of the house. Say, legs, walk. Let's go. The legs did not walk. Say, now walk yourself. He walked himself. Then he went to the Akutashiba. Then he said, Call the Akutashi. Akutashi, come, let me drink you. The Akutashi did not come. Akutashi is a hard liquor, local hard liquor. Come, let me drink you. He didn't come. So the pastor said, Now take the bottle yourself. He took the bottle, put the bottle down. He said, Now pay. He said, Money, come from my pocket. Let me use it to pay. The money did not come. He put his hand in his pocket and paid. Now the pastor said, tell the bottle to pour itself into the glass. Say, bottle, pour the content into the glass. The bottle did not do. The 
person now took it and poured it. He took it and poured it. Put it down. The person now called the drink to come. He said, you glass, come to my mouth. Let me drink you. He didn't come. The pastor took it and drink, so he took it. So, uh, pastor, so these things did not call me. I have been calling them. The pastor said, the pastor said, the authority you had to get your trousers and wear, use that same authority. Let's go back home. Go and remove it and put it down. So they did a reversal. The man just realized that I am too powerful to allow a thought in a glass to control my life. And he was a deep drunkard though. He made that decision from that day onwards. Brother, that girl, she doesn't rape you. You are the one who takes off your shirt and pull your thing out. Sister, that man is not raping you. You are the one. You know why God put your, the woman's private part where it is? It is called Akatesia. When you are a lady, you are called Akatesia. It means that it is covered. It means it is covered. It is by your own will and choice that you have been opening up. If you close it and put the bad lock on it, nobody can break it. Exercise the authority Christ has given you. Exercise and use it for positive things. You can live a victorious life. You can be a victorious Christian. Sometimes you get to that place where you feel discouraged. You feel that God will abandon you, the things you have done, and I've been trying, and I've been trying, and it's not working. I'm going to this resurrection Sunday service. If it has not changed, then I won't go to church again. Don't get there. Don't allow the devil to lie to you. He died for you. He has enabled righteousness in you. Just pray. Stand on your feet and declare, I am not falling again. I am standing on my feet. Usually they say that the downfall of a man is not the end of his life. But I also want to tell you, it is also not the beginning of your life. So don't fall. Keep standing. I have seen many people who fell and never got up again. Because they thought they would rise. Stand on your feet from today. You are enabled by divine authority. And you will stand. Amen. The cross will help you. Look at this. Number four, the benefit of the cross and the crucifixion. He paid our debt. Colossians 1 verse 20. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him. And through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. So he made peace, not he paid our debt. So correct that one, that he made peace for us through what? His blood shed on the cross. Now, one of the key benefits of the cross and the blood is that you enjoy peace. Now, somebody, United Nations organized a competition and asked that they should draw peace. Draw peace. And a young guy drew a storm. Okay? And things were just moving. Very chaotic environment. And there was a dove in a rock, in a cleft in a rock. Just relaxing quietly. The United Nations said, yeah, this is peace. Peace is having the confidence that God would take care of you in the midst of war. In the midst of chaos. In the midst of bad things happening. And yet, 
your faith is strong and you are stable. The peace that God gives is not the absence of war, it's not the absence of problems, but the confidence that you will survive. That this too shall pass. There is nothing in your life that is permanent. Everything that comes your way shall pass. Today is trouble, but tomorrow will be peace. Today is you not having money. Tomorrow you will be a millionaire. Today is you not having a job. Tomorrow you will be an entrepreneur. Today is you being homeless. Tomorrow you will own an estate. Can I prophesy on someone here? Can I speak to someone here? I see the benefit of the cross and the blood coming to you. He made peace. From today and this day onward, you will enjoy full peace. You will enjoy. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil because thou art with me. You see, the consciousness that God is with you in the midst of difficult situations is what guarantees your peace. On the cross, when he was shedding his blood, he was guaranteeing your peace. Are you here? He was guaranteeing your peace. Sometimes I cast my mind back years ago when mommy and I took that decision to be here, left a job, I left my job, and we came here. We went through a lot of pain, but do you know that at the time of going through that pain, we did not feel it. We had too much faith. It is only when we had come out of it that we look back and say, so is that where God took us from? Is that what, how, what we survived? How did we survive it? How did we make it? The cross and the blood. The cross and the blood. That problem will not kill you. That problem will not mark the end of your life. Those who are waiting to celebrate your downfall will be disappointed. Because the blood will speak for you. The cross will defend you. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Those who are waiting to, to come to your funeral, they will wait. And God will not let them die. God will let them see you on your 100th birthday. Are you here? You know, when, when they think they are causing you pain and they see you, you are smiling. They wonder why. Didn't the arrow hit him? Didn't the problem get to her? Why is she smiling when we want her to cry? The cross and the blood. The cross and the blood. No Christian is pitiful. No Christian is pitiful. Do not be at the mercy of any man. Do not never be at the mercy of any man. I declare that you will not be at the mercy of any man. You will not be at the mercy of any man. May you enjoy peace in your body. May you enjoy peace in your finances. May you enjoy peace in your marriage. May you enjoy peace in your home. May you enjoy peace in your business. May the peace of God which surpasses all understanding bring, establish you, establish you, guard your mind and your heart. In the name of Jesus. We've all heard that Bishop Doug has lost his 31-year-old medical doctor son. But you know that he heard about the death of his son before the Good Friday event at the Independence Square. But look at the way the man was preaching. Look at the way the man was preaching. Reverend Istwanaba was about to get into the pulpit. Also on the, on the Good Friday, 
Just when he was about to get in the pulpit, he was told that his two children and other members of the church have gotten themselves involved in an accident and they have all perished. People came to me and said, no, 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 don't preach, don't preach, don't preach. The man said, why should not I preach? He went into the pulpit and preached. You see, the peace of God is not the absence of problems. But it is the confidence that the Lord is with you. That in the midst of the value of valley of the shadow of death, he is there with you. His presence will never leave you. There is something about the presence of God. That was why Moses said to him, if your presence will not go with us, then we are not living. We are three million people. We are a lot, but if your presence is not going with us, then we are not living. When God is with you, who can be against you? If Christ is in you, there is a hope of glory. If God is with you, no man can be against you. No situation can be against you. No circumstance can be against you. No wish can be against you. No wizard can be against you. And if Christ is in you, there is a hope of glory. I'm speaking to 10 people here. I'm speaking to 15 people here. I'm speaking to 20 people here. I'm speaking to 30 people here. If you are the one I'm talking to, you will be on your feet and shout the loudest amen. If God be for us, who can be against us? 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 Hmm. Oh my God. Now, now, number five. The fifth benefit of the cross and the crucifixion is that he redeemed us from curses. From curses. Galatians 3. 13 and 14. Galatians 3, 13 and 14. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, curse is everyone who is hung on a pole. He redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus. So that by, by faith we might receive Bless the promise of the Spirit. I want to show you something. Mommy has two handkerchiefs. Can you bring the handkerchiefs? Apostle, maybe. Um, no, does I say the balance will not balance because the height difference. So, Pastor Kabu, come. Come. The two of you can. Hold it this way. Let me show you something. And put it over my head. Hold as a cover over my head. And you can sit down. Hold the other side. Raise it. So at one point, eh, this were your the cases in your father's house. Everywhere you went, they followed you. Everywhere you went, they followed you. Everywhere you went, they followed you. Then the Bible said that Christ became a curse. So that the blessings given to Abraham, Christ became a curse because curse is everyone who is hanged on a tree. So when Christ was hanged on that tree that day. He took every case from your father's house and from your mother's house. He took them away. He took them away. And guess what? The blessings of Abraham covering you. So as you are, you are walking, the Lord said to Abraham, I will make your name great. Your name will become great. From the day he died, your name will become great. He said, you will be a blessing. You will be a channel of blessing. Through you, nations will be blessed. Those who curse you will be cursed. And those who bless you will be blessed. Can you imagine? 
today you are no longer under the curses of your father's house and your mother's house. You have access to the Abrahamic blessings. You are walking in the Abrahamic blessing. Every blessing God gave to Abraham is yours. A great nation shall come out of you. A great nation shall come out of you. Hundred years to come, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren will become a nation. Your name will forever be established. Your name will forever be established in the name of Jesus. Your going in and coming out will be a blessing. Whatever you do will be a blessing. Because the curse of your father's house is gone. If there is a curse of singleness, you are marrying this year. If there is a curse of poverty, you are prospering this year. If there is a curse of joblessness, you are getting a job this year. If there is a curse of premature death, you are living long from today. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you. He took away every curse and replaced that curse with the blessings of the Lord. He took away every curse and replaced that curse with the blessings of the Lord. With the blessings of the Lord. With the blessings of Abraham. So don't say, after our families, we don't marry. After our families, they have, you, you are no longer a member of that family. Biologically, you are, but spiritually, you are not. Spiritually, you are not. You belong to the family of God. You belong to the family of God. You belong to the family of God. Every, every blessing God has belongs to you. You are a heir of the kingdom. Co-heir with Christ. Everything God has belongs to you. Can I prophesy on someone here? The silver is God. The gold is God, sir. If you are a child of God, you have access to it. You have access to it. Take the blessings of the Lord. Are you here? Enjoy the blessings of Abraham. The cross and the blood took away every curse. Don't let anybody intimidate you. Some of you are afraid to go to your hometown. Your hometown people should be afraid that you are coming home. Hmm? Should be afraid that you are coming home. <laughs> are you here? Am I prophesying someone here? I said they should be afraid that you are coming home. What the blood has done for you, what the cross has done for you, they should be afraid that you are coming home. Now, now look at this. You were crucified with him. Number six, you were crucified. Galatians 2, 2. I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body. I live by faith. In the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Until you come to the place to understand this. Eh? I no longer live. The life I now live in this body. I live it by the faith. <laughs> of the son of God. So, so let me tell you something. The old you. This is my mom. She will tell you. When I was born. Eh, all the six killer diseases. I got some. Polio. The century took me two years to walk. Tetanus. And me, myself, when I started growing up, I was always sick. Always sick. And there was no money to go to hospital. Just sick. Always sick. And see, I have survived. 
I was always sick. Always sick. The devil wanted to kill me. So when I was growing up, I was a stammerer. I could not speak. I was very, very timid. Then I got born again at the age of 14. Then I was crucified with Christ. And Yofi was killed. And the life I now live, Bishop Tissi Affair appeared. Because the life I now live, I live, now Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God. So everything I do is by faith. I am not moved by sight, by faith. How I got here, I cannot tell. Where I'm going next, I cannot tell. Because I do not live by sight, I live by faith. The Christian work is the life of faith. Because if they tell you that Christ lives in you, what is the evidence? How can you show that Christ lives in you? By faith. The Bible says he lives in me, I believe it. Once you start believing it, Christ begins to manifest in your life. He begins to manifest in your life. You become like Christ. You talk like Christ. You walk like Christ. You behave like Christ. And you act like Christ. You know why most people don't, don't understand pastors? And they accuse us. Pastors are thieves. They are using church for business. No, no, no. We understand this scripture. They don't, and that's why they don't understand our life. When we started this charismatic movement, eh, we were unschooled ordinary men meeting in classrooms, meeting on school parks. We were on school parks. They sacked us. So we entered the classroom. And then they came to sack us from the classrooms and we went to the cinema halls. Then they came to sack us from the cinema halls. Then we started buying properties. Now we are building cities. Now when they look at what we have done, they say, no, these people are thieves. Because see, when you don't understand something, you give your own meaning to it. They say, this is what it is. This is what it is. And I've been telling them, if we are thieves, we live in this country. They are lost in this country. Arrest us. But you see, they know that, you see, the life we now live. Look at Archbishop Duncan Williams. He hasn't been to school before. Yet. I said, one day, Archbishop invited me. And guess who we're eating with? The son of Warren Buffett. The wisdom the Archbishop shows here. Mommy and I went and sat down with the son of Warren Buffett. But that's even small. I've been with the Archbishop. We're sitting down. Within 30 minutes, something was happening in Africa. Within 30 minutes, within 30 minutes, President Obasanjo called him. The Ugandan president called him. And President Bush or so, one of the presidents, made someone call him. Because something was happening in Africa and he has to intervene by prayer. And this man has not been to school. The life he now lives. The life he now lives. The life he now lives. Years ago, Dr. Mensah Otabel used to preach and say that at his own levels, he got nine in change. Nine was the highest failure. And we used to have nine courses. So you've got nine, 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 nine. You have English, nine. Maths, nine. The geography, nine. <laughs> Everything, nine. All the sciences, nine. The man failed. Today, he owns the best private Christian university in this country. The life he now lives. 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 Go to Mount see the city that Bishop Dak has built. The only thing working and well organized in this country are the churches. Are the churches. You go to Nigeria, they see. I read something that somebody wrote about Bishop Edipo. The man has been in Otta for years. The time that he has been there, 
light does not go off, no sense of water, he can gather hundreds of thousands of people for a whole week event and not a single stampede. Everything is well organized. 60,000 football and people are dying. I'm telling you, the only thing well organized in Africa are the churches. Take the Catholic Church, take the Methodist Church, take the Presbyterian Church, take the churches. We are the only thing organized. Look at the Church of Pentecost. Look at how organized they are. There is a force behind it. There is a force. During this COVID, the only place we met with the advisor to the president, when people were saying that, why have they closed this and they are leaving the churches, they are leaving when we came back. They said they realized that all the major sources of infection does not include the church. Very organized. You see, this Sunday, eh, millions of Ghanaians are going to church. And yet we do that every Sunday. Well organized, very organized. Nobody is going to boost. If we like, let's do, let's, next week, let's declare that every community we should hold funerals and see how many people will die. Because the life we live now, Christ lives in us and we live by faith in him. Have you ever taken a bottle? You pour water into the bottle and then you press that bottle into the water. So there's water out, water in. That's the mystery of Christianity. Christ lives in us and we also live in him. And all this thing was made possible by the cross. If we are not died. Now listen, Christianity is a mystery. So nobody can use common sense to explain Christianity. It would take the Holy Ghost to teach you. For if the Holy Ghost does not teach you, you will know. Jesus said to Peter, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. He said, my father in heaven. Nobody can show you who Jesus is. It will be done by revelation. <laughs> now, now, I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live. I, Jufi, does not exist again. Even my mother is amazed at the level of my efficiency, the level of my success. My mother is amazed. She can look at me and say that, she can look at me, look at me and say that, hey, Kofi, Kofi, so am I the one who gave birth to you? Akushia Manson's son. Mama is amazed at the level of his son's efficiency and success. You know why? I no longer live. The Yofi she gave birth to. No, no. When I was, when I, at the age of 14, I gave my life to Jesus. Yofi was crucified. A new guy was born. So all this, you don't know me, eh? You don't know me, eh? You don't know me, brother. We know you. You have not been crucified. If I jigger, which one is that? Okristoni. Okristoni, if I jigger. Some time ago, some Miss Ghana contestants said that they have been, the, uh, the contest was rigged. So they went on radio to protest. And one of them said, if they don't look at it, we will do a luta. We will do a luta. Then the interviewer said, well, I understand why you did not win. Because at the level of a Miss Ghana, you cannot use the term like, we will do a luta. We will do a luta. That's why you did not win. At a certain level, nobody expects you, the Christian, to be using some words. 
I mean, if I go crazy, yeah? if I go crazy, you see the thing I will do. And then you remove your shirt and then you remove your shoe. If you like do, I will beat you. I will prove that who is a man here. Who is a man? I will show you who is a man. In the Garden of Gethsemane, when the ears of Peter cut the ears of one person, Jesus said, No, I could have called angels to come and fight for him. But I don't fight in the physical. If he lives in you, you are like him. If he lives in you, you are like him. Talk like him. You act like him. You behave like him. That is where the victory is. That's where you can walk as a victorious Christian. You know, listen, listen. These things I'm teaching, eh? I said, I've already said that righteousness is already enabled in you. You just have to trigger it. You just have to make it work. Everything you use in your computer is already programmed. It's there. The computer doesn't need to struggle to spell English words when you are typing and to correct you. Your phone is even a smartphone. When you are typing English, nowadays my phone will just tell me that this English grammar is not good. I should, I should rearrange the words. I said, I bought you. I bought you. You have to be a smart Christian. When sin is coming, already there is an, an inbuilt righteousness seed in you. You should reject the sin. You should reject it. You know when you eat and you vomit, it means that your body is rejecting the food. You should be vomiting sin. Because you are too built in righteousness, established in righteousness, for you to allow sin to have an address in your life. a religion what, what a faith okay let's go let's go the next one now i want to show you the benefit of the blood now hebrews 9 22 in fact the law requires that nearly everything be cleansed with blood and without the shedding of blood there is no forgiveness so if, before god if god does not see blood he does not forgive that's why in the old testament they all have to every day you have to carry cow you have to carry um some booze. You have to, I mean, you have to carry things to go before the Lord and for your sins to be forgiven. But God forgives sins when he sees blood. Just like the, your hometown um, altar. They will tell you that you have done something against the community. So bring this thing. Mommy's cousin went to steal fire. Mommy's late cousin went to steal fire. So he was arrested and taken to the chief. And the chief said, okay, so we have, we have judged the case. You are wrong. You are a thief. So you have to pacify the gods with the sheep. He told the chief that, I will bring lizard. If I had money for a sheep, would I have stolen a farm? So when God saw the things we were stealing in life, he realized that if he asked us to bring a sheep, we could not afford. So he brought his own son, Jesus, to come and die for us. Are you here? So Jesus come and die for us. We would have taken lizards to God. But he brought his son, Jesus, to come and die for us, to shed his blood for us. So there is power in the blood. There is something in the blood. The life of a thing is in his blood. Jesus shed his blood. Do you know that every every little blood in Jesus was poured out for you? Was poured out for you. 
Listen, listen. Christianity is a powerful life. It's a powerful life. I'm saying that the reason why from time immemorial, governments have fought the church. They have fought the church. The book that has been burned several times than any other book is the Bible. Yet the Bible is the all-time bestseller. Almost every home you go, you'll find the Bible. And those who don't even believe in the Bible, for them to make sense with their religious belief, they have to add the Bible. I've seen people of other faiths. The only thing they know how to preach is how to disprove the Bible. And they'll be holding the Bible to preach. I said, well, what about the book that you believe in? Preach from there. Convince me from the book. I've been reading the Bible for almost 40 years. I've been born again for 40 years. And I've been reading the Bible every day. It is always new because it is alive. Christianity is a mystery. Great is the mystery of godliness. It's a mystery of godliness. Young man came here with my wife. We didn't know what the future held for us. But we knew that God is a mysterious God. And he would do something. Came to stay in an computer building. No water, no electricity. We just stayed in it and said, God, just take us through. 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 And God was just taking us through. Today, look at where we are. There is something called Christianity. And there is something inside that Christianity. It is Jesus living in a man. And working through that man. You are too powerful to be, to be down there. Are you here? What even worsens the case eh, is when you begin to speak in tongues, you become too powerful. When you lift up your voice in the morning, midnight, Kaboli behind the Kabon Dilmei, Halubusunda Laba Kontuli behind the Alumali Malu Kataya Batumba Tekade, Halibina Laba Jule, Babunda Lebe, Ale Batula Be Kate Labo Laba, Alabajundilimi Handalaba Handelebe, Ale Babe. Ha! Then you will see people in your community coming after you that you are disturbing. It is not the disturbance. It is the impact of that prayer. You become too powerful. When we were blocking this street for 31st watch night service, the war we fought. But if you like, let's Chatawale come and block here. So I told the people, I told the people that, no, 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 don't worry. It is not the blocking. It is the impact. What we are going to do that night, what we are going to do that night, the witches and wizards that will fail, they will influence human agents. To come over. Are you here? I said this is a powerful life. Christianity is a powerful life. I'm telling you that Christianity is what? A powerful life. And if you understand these principles. When you even come to church. You don't want the church to close to go home. What it means I'm not going to close too early today. Today is Easter Sunday. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? I should write this good message. I should write this good message. You, if you want to go, come and put down your offering and go. Okay, okay, okay. Now, look at this. Number one, the blood redeemed us. I want to show you something. Now, First Peter 1, 18 and 19. For you know that it was, it was not with perishable things, such as silver or gold, that you were redeemed from the empty way of life, handed down to you from your ancestors. Empty way of life, handed down to you by your ancestors. What did they give us? What did they give us? Look at your life. Just check your life. What did they give us? 
Take your life. Now look, but with the precious blood of Jesus, a lamp without blemish or defect, you were redeemed. So, so you see, he goes on to explain. For, for, for you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed. So you see, redemption means to buy out. To buy out something. And Paul was talking with the mindset of a slave market. So people go to the slave market. Like several years ago when, when um, slavery took place in Africa. They would bring all the slaves and put cream on themselves. When we're growing up, when you, 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 you dress up and you put plenty of cream, my mother would be angry. Hi, are they going to sell you? Why are you dressing like that? So my mother learned from the mother, the mother learned from the fa- mother, the mom, that you put cream on your body. And then you come and stand there, you do like this. You see your strength, because you're going to weed. You're going to the farm to weed, and then they come, look at you. How much is yeah, yeah? Oh, this amount, oh no. I'll, and then they will negotiate and buy you. So Paul had the same mindset. That, that we were once on the spiritual slave market. So prostitution will come and say, eh, how much is this girl? Very nice girl. I want to buy this girl. Then they buy you into prostitution. And the cocaine will come. I want to buy this one. The cocaine will buy you. I want to come. I want to buy this one. The poverty will buy you. Then cancer will come. Hey, I want this nice girl. The cancer will buy you. That was who you were. You were, you were just on the slave market. Beer will come and say, oh, I want to kill you. I want to destroy your kidney. Let me buy you. All those who think that, how hey, do you call that alcohol cry? Heskin you then they. Hennessy. Me, I drink Hennessy. No, you don't drink Hennessy. Hennessy has bought you. You are a slave. So he said he redeemed us. Do you know when the blood was dropping? Every blood that dropped bought you. Jesus went to the slave market. And he said, oh, this one is costing 1,000 Ghana cities. No, 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 no. He's too precious in the sight of God. It would take only the blood without sin to buy him. So I'm buying him with the blood. You were bought with that blood and you were taken out. Are you here? So you were bought with, a, with blood. So you are such a powerful person. You are such a valuable person. Nothing could have been used to buy you. Such a valuable person. And yet, and yet, you are allowing some, some things to take you away from him who loved you and bought you. If a football team, like they wanted to buy me, but I said, no, I won't play. If a football team, I said, oh, I want to preach, I want to preach. Even yesterday, they called me. Oh, yesterday, Chelsea called me. And so we still want to buy you. We will give you. We are buying you 120 million pounds. So and we are going to give you 500,000 pounds a week. I said, no, 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 no. I have some people in Barcelona. I have to preach. I have to preach to. They say, Barcelona. You are living this morning for Barcelona. I said, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm going. I'm going to preach to them. They even give offering one city, one city, but it doesn't matter. I still. <laughs> some of them give offering one. Some of them don't pay their time, but I still want to preach for them. But, you know, they don't see this as pot belly. They see a 12 packs, 12 packs. The man has 12 packs. You are blind there, so you don't see the 12 packs. 
But you see, a team buy, a, buys a player for millions of pounds. And now they take over the life of the player. And tell the, tells the player, you can't drink this, you must eat this, you must sleep at this time. You cannot go to a discotheque. Oh, no, a team can see, stop you from going to. When they catch you that you have been bought by a team, and the night before a match, you are just drinking alcohol, you are in trouble. So if a team buys a man and now determines a certain moral standard for the man, how much more you bought by the blood? Bought by the blood. Listen, the church is interested in you. The body of Christ sees you as a very valuable person. Purchased by the blood. So we are not going to sit down for you to behave anyhow. We are monitoring you. Angels are on guard. They are monitoring you. Concerning you, he will give his angels charge. Brother, brother come. So you see this brother, everywhere he goes, there's an angel. So take me like an angel. Everywhere he goes, an angel is with him. An angel is with him. If an attack is coming, the angel will block the attack. If another attack, the angel will block it. If if he sinks, the angel becomes disappointed. Ha! With bought by the blood. You are even higher than me, the angel. I'm supposed to be your guard. And me that I'm lower than you. I'm not committing this sin. You are committing this sin. Can you imagine when you are sitting by a cup of alcohol you are drinking? The angel gets so disappointed. Wow. Bought by a blood. Bought by the blood of the lamp. Bought by the blood of the lamp. Bought by the blood of the lamp. You see, anytime, eh, you are going to do something, come. An angel of the Lord will stand by you like this. Say, don't do it. Don't let the woman tempt you. Don't let alcohol tempt you. You hear it, oh. You hear it. The angel uses your conscience to amplify the voice of God to you. Don't do it. Don't do it. And then a demon will come and stand here and say, do it. After all, after all, God knows you're a human being. Do it. Don't chop your tight. Go and give it. Go and give it. Don't chop your tight. God, God knows that you are going through financial difficulties. Chop it. Chop it. Chop it. Get up in the night and pray. In the middle of the night, pray, pray, pray. God knows that you came from work late. Sleep small, sleep small. Jesus is praying for you at the right hand of the Father. <laughs> you get it? Serve the Lord, serve the Lord. You have to serve the Lord. You have to serve the Lord. No, you are rich. Just buy somebody to serve the Lord. Just pay your tithe. Don't serve the Lord. Don't do anything. Don't join the prayers. Don't do anything. You, you get to church and then they usher you sit anywhere. The angel of the Lord said, Yeah, it's okay. Humble yourself and sit there. The devil will come to you and say, They don't respect you. They don't value you. Show your anger. Show them. Show them. Show your anger. Are you here with me? The blood redeemed us. So I'm counting from the seven. So I'm starting from this. Now, the blood makes us overcomers. Revelation 12 verse 11. They triumphed over him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. For the blood makes you an overcomer. I said from today you will not lose any battle again. The blood frees us from sin. Revelation 1 verse 5. And from Jesus Christ who is faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead and the ruler of the kings of the earth. To him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood. He has freed us from our sins by his blood. So every sin that is controlling you, you are free from that sin. Walk away from that sin. You can. You can. Believe that you can. Believe it and you can do it. 
believe it and you can do it. Right now, as I'm preaching, make up your mind. I walk away from that sin. That sin will not control me again. Now, let's come to the one. The blood brought us near to God. I love this one. Ephesians 2.13 But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. You have been brought near by the blood of Christ. You have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Can I show you how you are with God? So let's say I'm God eh? and this is you. You are like this with God. The blood has brought you near. Near to him. God walks with you like this. Too close to him. You can't fail. You can't fail. Too close to him. You can't fail. Thank you, sir. I like your new look. I like your new look. The blood has really brought you closer to him. See, see, that's why I love the Christian life. For anybody that Christianity is boring for you, it's just like saying that I'm a captain. A captain culture is never boring for me. I love it. I'm proud of being a captain. Like being an airway, you say airway culture is boring. Nonsense. If you are there, you are there. If we're Christian, Christian culture will not be boring. Will never be boring. Sometimes ago, a group wanted to form in this church. I said, not boring at all. Something, something. Kobe, you, you brought that name. Something at all. Not boring at all. Something. I said, don't, don't say that. Don't even tell people that. <laughs> you, see, you see, when you are in doubt of yourself, then you start trying to let people feel that. About this thing. This life you call Christian life is the only life. There's no alternative. All other things, Jesus, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. There's no any life anywhere. People can live without having life. Most people outside Christianity are living, but they don't have life. The things that they have to go through to prove to people that they matter will amaze you. Will amaze you. The things they have to do to prove to people that they matter will amaze you. You see, the Christian life, if we are living it well, and you were a good Christian, and you were a solid Christian, you don't have to prove anything to anybody. You just have to live to please the Lord. And you will take care of the rest. I told you when I was growing up, people really didn't like me. I think all the girls felt I was too ugly. But me, I didn't care. I didn't care. Maybe that's why I didn't get any temptation. I met mommy for the, be the first woman I met. She married me by faith. <laughs> I really didn't care. I knew that these sisters are laughing at me. I was speaking my tongues. I don't owe you anything. I don't owe you explanation for who I am. I was lanky from a poor home. Oh, I remember a group of people were praying. Eh? People were praying in the same church. Oh. And then I went to do it. The dada bus in the church. All of them come with their parents' cars. The people who go out and during the holidays and come. So I went to join them and see whether mutual can become a father. Bar. So I went to join them. And then one pastor came to tap me and said, I said, please, we are, we are praying on a topic. Can you excuse us? But we are in the same church. Which topic are you praying on that I cannot pray on some? Which topic is there? Hey, I felt very bad though. When I was living there, eh, I was going like this. 
I wanted to fall down. What manner of behavior is this? But like you have always said, I, I will not allow a bad person to sack me from a good church. The church was a good church. I just went and hid myself somewhere. I was praying. Today, that pastor who sacked me from there, having rendered him of that incident, but really honest me. In fact, he came around during my sister's funeral. Just looking at him. Hey, Bishop, you don't know what he said. Bishop, you have honored us all. Bishop, you have honored us all. I just say in my head. Hmm. <laughs> if I had not been a confident Christian, you would have killed me. Christian, I'm very confident too. I'm very confident in my faith from when I got born again. People said all manner of bad things about me. I didn't mind them. Sure. Me, <laughs> me, you're Christian, Yankasankasa. Oh, Christoni, I who said me, you're Christoni. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Christoni. Meaning, we are saying, oh, pa. Now, I am a desusem, you, Christoni, pa. Only other four. I am a dead. Send me, you, Christoni. Now, me some Jesus. I am a dead. When I walk out, I want everybody to know I am a Christian. I want to tell the whole world, I am a Christian! Live with it! Okay, let me close you. The blood of Jesus ushers us to the presence of God. Hebrews 10, 19. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, you couldn't have come here. You couldn't. Those of you were here on Wednesday when I talked about um, Easter in the tabernacle of Jesus. You couldn't have. I'm telling you. All of us would have come with, with, with cows. You couldn't. No, no, no. The, the priest had to take your sacrifice and go and make it for you in the Old Testament. But look at us. We are here because of the blood. We are here because of the blood. We are here because of the blood. The blood also speaks. Hebrews 12, 24. To Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant. And to the sprinkled blood, that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. As I'm walking right now, the blood of Jesus is speaking for me. It's speaking for me. It's speaking for me. I'm having lunch. I'm going to sit through the debate of the House of Commons. I think next week or next two weeks in the UK. And I'm having lunch with one of the lords. In the UK, if you are called Lord this, Lord that, you are a powerful person. I'm having lunch with one of them in the Commons restaurant. The blood has done things so. Because the blood is speaking for me. On 27th of May, I'm hosting General Petros. He was a former CIA director. And when they were having the surge in Iraq, he was a commander. He's a four star army general in the US. Charles' two brothers are some small boy uh, soldiers in America. Even that one, when they come, they wear the US army uniform. They are working, I'm meeting with a four star general. He's my host on an online webinar across the whole of Africa. Across the whole, the blood speaks for me. The blood speaks for me and opens doors for me. Open doors for me. I've been in the chamber of the Parliament of the UK before, but not when it was. Now I'm moving from that into the House of Laws. I send you pictures. I believe eating with Lord Traceman. Lord Traceman is a former foreign secretary of the UK. 
and former chairman of the um, FA Football Association in the UK. I'll be having lunch with him. We'll be eating together in the House of Commons, in the House of the, the House of Laws, in the House of Laws. We'll be we'll be eating together. I'll be discussing a project for Africa, a project for Africa, how we can transform the continent. So the blood of Jesus speaks and it speaks well for you. Finally, the blood makes us pure. First John 1 7. I think it's in First John 1 17. Charles, Kevin, check and see. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and his blood purifies us. And his blood purifies us from all sin. The blood of Jesus purifies you from all sin. Then finally, the resurrection. Let me close you now. The resurrection. The resurrection. Luke 1. Luke 24, 1 to 7. Luke 24, 1 to 7. Look at this. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. And when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering what this what about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down in, with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? Why do you look for the living among the dead? Why do you look for the living among the dead? Why should any religion compare itself to Christianity? It's comparing the dead to the living. Why should you stay somewhere and say that every religion is going to God and Christianity is also one of the religions? No, 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 no. You cannot look for the living among the dead. You cannot. I can't imagine somebody looking for you and calling you from the cemetery. That uh, I was in. I'm very sure we say, yo, now we're here. You will catch that person. How can you look for the, for the living among the dead? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, Jesus, I've entered the cemetery of all the religious leaders. I see the body of, I see the tomb of Krishna. I see the tomb of this one. I see the tomb of this one. But Jesus, where are you? He's not there. Because you can't look for the living among the dead. He's not there. He has no tomb anywhere. He has no tomb anywhere. He has no tomb anywhere. He is alive. That's why your marriage must be alive. That's why your business must be alive. That's why your family must be alive. That's why everything around you must be alive. Are you here? Oh! 
he's alive. You cannot look for him. Stop saying that he's one of the ways and others are one of the ways. No! He is the only way. He is the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through him. He's alive. Amen. He's alive. Forever. 